The church has been gathering on Sundays, December the 25th, since about the 3rd century. It isn't something that's commanded in scripture. It's tradition. It's meaningful tradition. It happened when about uh, 336 AD, Constantine decided that Christianity could be practiced in Rome. And so he did something cheeky. During the winter solstice, when there was a festival where they celebrated and worshipped the unconquered sun, Constantine thought, I know another unconquered sun. So how about the Christians? You can have December the 25th to worship the unconquered sun, your unconquered sun. And uh, so most of the church did, some didn't uh, celebrate on the 25th, but most did and have been doing so since the 3rd century. In the words of this divine proclamation that we read this morning, we're given two truths that I just want us to reflect on for a few moments this morning. Two truths that are essential to our celebration of Christ's first coming and core to the significance of his second. And those truths are, firstly, God's grace, and secondly, God's goal. You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. This announces God's grace extended toward humanity. His name being called Emmanuel, meaning God with us, this announces God's goal for humanity. This has always been God's goal for humanity, to be with us, the creator and the creation, enjoying one another's presence in beauty. Back in 1943, C.S. Lewis wrote this cosmic trilogy called Paralandria, and one of the main characters named Ransom asks, C.S. Lewis asks the author what the purpose of the plot is. It's meta because Lewis writes himself into the story, and so the character is having a discussion with the author. 1961, when uh, the Russians uh, took to space, Nikita Khrushchev, Russian cosmonaut, looks out the window of his ship and he announces and writes the, uh, the words, I've, uh, I've been above the heavens, I've looked and we've, we cannot see God, we cannot find God. And of course with state atheism, he boldly announces that there is no God. So Lewis responds to this in 1961, writing from Oxford, and he writes a piece that they publish in the paper called Finding Shakespeare. And he says, the way in which humanity must relate to God is not like someone who lives on the first floor relating to someone on the second floor. And this is why he respectfully disagrees with uh, Khrushchev's tongue-in-cheek comment about there being no God because he couldn't see him from space. And Lewis goes on to say that humanity must relate to God in the way that Shakespeare would relate to Othello or Hamlet or Romeo or Juliet. The author must write himself into the story. Otherwise, the creation cannot commune with the creator. Some of you kids might have noticed there's a movie trailer out right now called Into the Spider-Verse. Some of you kids might be going to see that movie. Some of the big kids might be going to see that movie. And in the trailer for Into the Spider-Verse, Miles Morales goes into a bodega in downtown New York, and he grabs a little Spider-Man costume, and he puts it up on the counter, and an old man turns around from the cash register and smiles at Miles Morales, and that old man is Stan Lee, the creator of Spider-Man. It's meta. The author writing himself into the story so that he can engage with his creation. This is our Christian faith. This is the 
goal of our God to be God with us. The creator who would write himself into the creation so that he could be with us. God's goal from the beginning has been to be with us. This, of course, has been impossible without his grace. Because since the garden, we as creation have rejected him. We don't want him. We would rather do life without him. We frankly think we are him. And because we've rejected God, it is impossible for us to be with God. And therefore, in the Christmas celebration, we celebrate his grace. That he has come, God incarnate, through his perfect life. The life of love and of mercy. The transcendent God being tender. The powerful being patient. And as he incarnates himself and he lives a life of love and of mercy. And of perfect justice and wisdom and kindness and peace. He goes to the cross. And he dies that perfectly atoning death on our behalf. Because he's lived the life that frankly none of us are ever going to live. And on the third day he rises again. The tomb is empty. He's resurrected. Hundreds see him for a period of 40 days throughout the Greco-Roman world. As Christianity spreads throughout the ancient world. As they celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ the Lord. This is all God's grace like a key to unlock God's goal. The manger, the cross, the empty tomb. The key that unlocks his goal which was always to be with us. The empty tomb, the hinge that swings the door of welcome wide open. As Susan read in the story that she wrote for the kids this morning. It has always been God's desire to be with us. We see it in the garden as he is with us. We see it in the dusty tabernacle as he's humiliating himself behind a sheet in a box in the desert. Surrounded by his 12 dysfunctional children, his families, the tribes. God with us. We see it in the temple. God with us. We see it in Mary, the first flesh and blood temple. God with us. We see it as the word becomes flesh. We see it as Jesus Christ chooses 12 disciples, reconstituting the 12 tribes of Israel, reconstituting and reimagining the idea that he wants to be with us. God with us. In Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes and indwells all believers, all those who turn and trust in Jesus Christ and in his resurrection and filled with the Holy Spirit. We are now God's mobile temples. God with us. In the end of the Bible, the book of Revelation, the poetry emerges as the Jerusalem descends onto the earth. This poetic image of the end of days, that the end of human history, the picture is not darkness and death and in moving into a plane of non-existence, but the restoration of what God desired in the beginning, God with us. The Bible begins in a garden, it ends in a garden city. God with us. I want to read with you as I prepare to close this morning a poem from uh, Sorwana and S. de la Cruz. This is a poem about the beauty of God with us, the incarnation. Where are you going, children, to Bethlehem, to see wonders that are to be seen? Tell us, children, how do you know this? In the air it is sung by angels with loud voices. Listen, heed. Today you see in a stable the word speechless, greatness in smallness, Immensity in blankets, such wonders. From a star the sun is born, the ocean reaches a shore, and a flower blossoms, infant fruit wakens, such wonders. The the immutable is in pain, the burning fire cools down, divinity becomes human, and rectitude inclines, such wonders. The one before all tremble, trembles, Sovereignty steps down, courage diminishes, and laughter itself cries. Such wonders. The earth is heaven now, 
In this night that is dawn, eternity is temporary. The death is what life was. Such wonders. Truth is today disguised. Strength weakens. Omnipotence shrinks. And clear light is now eclipsed. Such wonders. Now royalty is humble. Now happiness is tears. Now hardships are tenderness. Now justice is mercy. Such wonders. Wealth has become poverty. The powerful become a beggar. And the lion, always the victor, now a lamb for sacrifice. Such wonders. He who had no beginning, his being of time begins. The creator as a creature is now subject to our griefs. Such wonders. Hear these wonders that are more than human joys. God is man, man is God, and among them they are in touch. Such wonders. As we celebrate Christ's arrival with our family and friends this afternoon, may our hearts be lifted to the implications of his return, the end of suffering, the end of sadness, the end of oppression in all forms, the end of injustice, a world of joy and flourishing and the cultivation of civilization that reflects the goodness of our God like a glassy lake reflects the sky, that the world that God intended from the beginning will be realized The voice that thundered on Sinai cried in a manger. God's gift of grace wrapped in the swaddling cloths of the manger would later be unwrapped in the grave cloths of the empty tomb. And may this gospel infuse us with meaning as we go into the city as ministers bearing his resemblance, walking in his mercy and his justness. May we live to the glory of our God who is with us. Let's pray.